What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to episode 128 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and the New York Islanders' three-game winning streak is at a... What's that for the point streak? Five? Five. Five-game five point streak. And all these articles are coming out about how the season's over, the Islanders suck, Lou Lamarillo is bad. The team's on a five-game point streak after losing seven in a row. Boys, we're back together in person. How are we doing, Ryan? I'll kick it off to you. Hey, guys. Very nice that we're hitting our 128th episode tonight um, in honor of Alexander Romanov, number 28, who just had a phenomenal display tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we'll get into that game at length as well as the Islanders' other win this week. And I'm feeling good. I mean, you know, they're in typical Islanders fashion. There was a... I wouldn't say a hit piece, but a very critical piece of written about the Islanders roster, which made pretty much zero good points as to why the Islanders are actually in a struggle state right now. Uh, just, you know, criticizing the roster and long term and extensions to guys who've kind of earned it for their service here at Long Island and also, uh, you know, the service they'll have for the team going forward. But overall, I'm pretty jazzed about the team, pretty excited. I think this is where we're turning a corner and... Uh, we're back. I mean, if you look at the NHL standings, we're one point outside a playoff spot, right back where we started from. And, you know, positional, too familiar with this team. We'll see where we go from here. Very excited for games, you know, to talk about the games we've had, as well as the games tomorrow. Uh, Jake, how you doing, pal? Yeah, uh, another horrific article uh, written by The Athletic, and we're winning. So, in other words, a regular Islander season. We're now in fourth place. Um, Five-game point streak, three-game winning streak. Um... They pulled it out tonight with four defensemen, which we'll get into. And we feel great right now. So, And we play tomorrow. So vibes are good right now. I haven't said this in a long time. Well, at least this season. <laughs> what an absolute warrior performance from the New York Islanders. Scott Mayfield, by far, his best game of the year. Noah Dobson is a very good defenseman in his own end now as well. Romanov, great. Pulak probably had one of his better games of the year. Just an all-out great game by the New York Islanders. And, you know, this is the first time Ryan and I were talking about this. They had to really face adversity and overcame the issues. Very happy with how they played. Varley was good. I re there's really no one to complain about. Maybe Barzal could be a little bit better, but he scored an insane snipe on the power play. Power play, once again, one for one. What was the penalty kill tonight? One for three? Two for four? I think it was one for three. I think it was one for three. Uh, it looked a lot better. I know they get they let Batherson get uh, get loose and scored, but maybe Varley should have had that. I don't. I'm not really gonna get too negative now. I'm just a little bit concerned about tomorrow night's game, or tonight's game if whenever you're listening to this, or maybe last week's game when you're listening listening to this. They're going to play Sam Bolduke, and they're going to have to call some up, someone up from Bridgeport. It seems very unlikely that Aho will go tomorrow or Pellick. Because if one of them could have went, they 100% would have been back in there. You'd, you'd assume, right, guys? Yeah, one of them would have went if they could have came at that first intermission. It's tough. Like, you can miss a couple games of Sebastian Aho, even though he's been reliable the past year and a half, like, within this team. Adam Pellick is the spine. The team goes as far as Adam Pellick does most of the time. Adam Pellick has taken a step down. Maybe his importance on this team isn't as big as it used to be. However, you, you want to have Pellick at the top of your lineup with Dobson. The pair has been an overwhelming success. You can think of where they go from now. Alexander Romanov is the top one defenseman on the left side. So 
you have to kind of figure it out there. You're trying not to get too many righty righty matchups out there. We did thrive and survive with righty righties tonight, so that means two right-handed defensemen, one on each side. But you know, we'll see how the team's able to recover and rebound from this. Um, it's gonna be interesting tomorrow night. Samuel Bolduc's name is pretty much in pen in the lineup, <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll get into it later in the podcast. We have some. You know, we have to get to the Flyers game first as well as, you know, total breakdown of tonight's game and also the article. But there's there's going to be an interesting debate over who's going to take that left-handed defenseman spot if Ajo and Pella can't go tomorrow. And uh, by the looks of it, they might not be able to go the rest of the week. Yeah, no update, uh, Perlin and Lambert, on either of them. They obviously left a few minutes and didn't return. Um, very unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I mean, Alex Romano, fantastic game tonight. Got two assists in 30 minutes and two seconds time. And also was very good defensively. Um, so, I mean, just awesome game by him tonight. And, I mean, all the defensemen. Scott Mayfield's best game of the year. Pulak was good. Dobson was incredible. Got an assist on the fourth, fifth goal, whatever. The Holmstrom, Holmstrom goal. goal. So, that was fourth, fifth, whatever. Elite goal scorer, by the way, Simon Holmstrom. It's, it was his fifth of the year. Still has no assist, but I did respectfully do not care if he continues to just score. Um... Unfortunate that two guys went out, but just another gutsy performance that I think will ultimately turn this season around. And um, despite what everything that's happened the past two weeks, I feel pretty good of you know where we are in the standings. The Penguins lost the regulation, the Devils lost the regulation, so we I believe we passed them both. So very very good stuff going on. I know the Devils have had their injuries with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and now Timo Meyer, and I believe someone else. But they're not getting the same amount of criticism that the New York Islanders are. And I understand they're supposed to be better. They're supposed to be the cream of the crop of the league. They're just as bad, if not worse, than we are. They have a better team than us, everyone's saying. So why aren't they able to overcome any of their injuries? And why is it only an issue when we can't win games? They're 1-7 one se- one in, se- in the last eight. 1-7-0 oh in their last eight. Okay. Where's... Where's the hit pieces on them? On I know Lindy Ruff's not a good coach. <laughs> we all know this by now, but I'm not saying that Lane Lambert's job should be safe. We, we probably will get into that in a few minutes about what they're going to do from here. But the Islanders have overcome the whole seven-game losing streak now in my mind. You could just easily flip the switch with a five-game point streak. I know maybe there's still some concerns, but tonight was a warrior performance from them. And... I guess let's get into Lane. Do we think if the Islanders win a few more games, Lane's job is 100% safe? Do we think that he's possibly still gone? They're still trying to get the finite details down? Yeah, let's take you back to Monday, because that's when we released our last episode. And we all thought Lane Lambert was a man on the outs, a dead man walking. Uh, but where we wrote him off, he semi-wrote us, wrote, wrote, did not write back. Um, you know, We'll see what happens with Lane here. It really felt like Monday would have been the day to fire him. Tuesday, a couple of us straggled and held out hope that, you know, maybe there would be a coaching change because the team needed something in the most desperate way. But as we get into the Flyers game, um, you know, maybe maybe a goal from the captains will fire them up. Maybe a good Sorokin performance. Maybe just getting back home in their beds and having some home cooking. But whatever it is, maybe it was American Thanksgiving, but the team's been able to rebound, recover, and kind of show up the past couple games for Lane. The thing about Lambert that I want to note is he never seemed to have lost the room. The quotes from the players on the team all seemed very coach-friendly. It didn't seem like a team that wasn't playing for their coach. It seemed like a team that needed a coaching change for the sake of, you know, playing better as a group and playing like not a bunch of jerks. 
So that's that's kind of where it is with Lambert. I still can see if the Islanders lose one or two or two or three games in a row here in the next couple of weeks, Lambert could go right back to being dead man walking. But if he's able to beat the Flyers tomorrow, he's able to pick up a couple more wins in our schedule as it gets tougher next week. I think he might have salvaged some job security in this big uh, big mess here. Yeah, going off the player quotes, I do want to mention Bo Horvat's quote because I think this this really resonate, re- resonated excuse me, very well with the fan base. He said before the game, uh, the first say? game on Wednesday against the Flyers, we can't be comfortable with, it, with that win over Calgary. I mean, we got to get going here. These points are important. These games are important here. We have to get as many points and wins as possible. I love this man so much. He, as Ryan tweeted out, he's the captain without the C. Honestly, his quotes aren't inspiring for the fans. Not that they have to be. He did a good job defending Lane and defending the team. He did his job as a captain. But this is what you want to hear out of your star players, out of your captains, out of your out of your leadership group. Bo Horvat pretty much preaching to the choir, telling us exactly what we want to hear. And he means it too. He's not saying it without face. Very happy with Bo's comments. Very happy with Anders Lee's game as well. He's been a lot better. And I'm happy we don't have to spend 20 minutes bashing Anders Lee tonight. No, definitely not. He's been good. Even without the goals, he's been playing a lot better 5v5. Third line as a whole looks a lot yes. better. Oliver Walsh best game of the year by far. Best third line in Ireland history. Maybe. No, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> Check your mouth. No, but like they're putting it together. I mean, call them call them what you want. Call them slobs. Call them assholes. Well, golden assholes. Yeah, the golden assholes. But they're putting it together. <laughs> I, I do really like this third line. Um, you know, if they're playing well together, if they can play like they did the past two games. But without further ado, Jake, do you want to walk us through the Philadelphia Flyers game from Wednesday? Actually, before we go into that, just how disappointed were you two when Lane wasn't fired on Tuesday? Did you feel like it was over, like scale of one to ten? What would you give, like at the it's over meter? I I was at like a four, like I was like maybe Lane will salvage this, but probably not. But maybe that's hindsight. AJ, what did you have it at? I thought Lane was good as gone because I'm like, you know what? They have the two days if they're gonna do it. Best time to do it now. Get the new face in for one practice, and we can try to pick things up from here. They didn't, and. What are you going to do? Are you going to get get pissed off at management and ownership for not firing him? No. We live with the decision. Maybe it still happens. Maybe it doesn't. As long as the team is supporting Lane Lambert right now one way or another, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he's still gone. Maybe he's not. You could, I lived with the decision. If they got rid of him, I was fine with it. If they kept him, they just had to stop playing like assholes, and they stopped playing like assholes. The Philadelphia game wasn't great. They got two points at home. The crowd, I'm surprised it wasn't a lot more hostile. I, was gonna bring I feel like everyone was kind of in the holiday mood as well. Maybe that's why this kind of got overlooked. But I was expecting it to be a lot more hostile. It was a very good crowd, I'd say. I, you know, yeah. I was a part of it. So Yeah, me and Angie were both there. And Suzuki's is in the starting lineup. So they were going to announce his name. I'm like, oh my god, is he going to get booed right now? And I'm very happy to say he didn't. I heard a few, um, but nothing crazy. And then... I thought they were going to chant Fire Lambert from the start. I didn't hear it all night, so that was a really good thing and a really good win. Um, you know, the third period wasn't great, but they got the two points, and that, that's what really matters, and a really good performance by Elias Sorokin. And you want me to get into that now? Yeah, yeah, just walk us through the Flyers game. Yeah, so the goaltending matchup was Elias Sorokin versus Kata Hat. Um, a minute in, uh, Walsh into Anders Lee, who kind of just pushed it into the net for his third goal of the season, really needed that one. 
Um, that was it for the first period. A pretty good period. Uh, shots were 9-8 Islanders. Pretty much an even period, but... Um, Joe Faraby punched Anders Lee in the face. That happened that period. Um, didn't capitalize on that power play. And we're 0-2 for 2 on the day. Second period, Brock Nelson with his ninth of the year, assisted by Adam Pellock and Pierre Engvall. Um, I don't remember this one as much as the other one, because I know the other one was very nice. But... A minute later, really nice save by Ilya Sorokin, but Cam York got the rebound. Really unfortunate because it was a really nice save, but York had the rebound with six to go. Uh, that was assisted by Ryan Paling and Owen Tippett. And two minutes in, a really nice pass with Pierre Engvall. I mean, just a tremendous pass uh, for Brock's second of the game and tenth of the season, assisted by Adam Pellick and Pierre Engvall. And with five minutes left, Joel Faraby with his eighth, assisted by Bobby Brink. Flyers pulled the goal with about two and a half minutes left. Um, they almost had a few chances at an empty net, but of course it is the Islanders we're talking about, and Zach Parisi is not here, so they didn't score. But they held on a really good end of the first minute uh, to hold on, and they won. Three stars with Ilya Sorokin, Pierre Engvall, and Brock Nelson. Sorokin had 34 saves on 36 shots. Brock Nelson obviously got two goals. Um, Walsham got one point, Lee got one, and Pelican Engvall got two. And, you know, the Flyers have been very good this year. I think they're in third place. So, regulation win against them at home on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, a day that the Islanders are really good uh, when they play on that day. Um, and it was a really good crowd. Cal Carterback got a really big ovation um, when it was announced he did get his 1,000th game. His 1,000th game ceremony is tomorrow, um, Saturday against the Flyers. But, yeah, pretty good performance. Um and they took home the two points, which is obviously the most important. Yeah, I'm very excited for tomorrow. It's going to be really cool. I'm going to be there once again. Uh, not to try to one-up you, but the Flyers are now in fifth place because our New York Islanders have surpassed them tonight. Or I guess just passed them. Maybe not surpassed them. Islanders are in fourth place. This is We're one point behind the really good Carolina Hurricanes. The Capitals are also one point ahead of us with two games in hand. They've been bad lately, though. Important to note. We'll see. And the Rangers can't win forever. Now, do I expect the Devils to lose every game going forward? No, but just keep winning. Worry about ourselves for now. We'll, we'll be sickos and watch the other games, but I'm not going to, you know, get too crazy just yet. This team lost seven games in a row, and they're still in a really good spot. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it rocks. That's, that's like the hallmark of this team the past couple of years. You know, that we keep battling, we keep fighting. I know it's the New York sports, the word battle being Mickey Calloway or Jack Capuano, whoever it is. <laughs> you know, but like this team, they stay in the fight and they're able to pull away. The one thing we want this year is to have a pretty easy playoff spot. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. However, you know, from this effort against the Flyers, the Flyers were ahead of us in the standings. It wasn't, I, I hate the term must-win games. I've said this on the pod many, many times. A lot of these games we call must-win, no one remembers in, them in a month. But it was a very important game for this New York Islander season and a good chance to get right. Um, and I'm just very happy they were able to get right. From the opening tip, Andres Lee gets the first goal. That's a guy that we've been begging all season to get right. He's, he's playing less like a jerk at the moment. Um, he's putting the puck in the back of the net. I'm very happy with his past two games. I hope he keeps this up going forward. Um, also, you know, guys like Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, Noah Dobson, 
Absolutely awesome effort. Sorokin hasn't been at his best this year, but three goals in a game with Ilya Sorokin in net should be good enough to win most games, and the Islanders were able to produce and get that done. So that, that's really exciting. That Pierre pass on that second goal by Brock, absolutely phenomenal stuff. That was the best pass by an Islander this year. Perhaps even last year, I'd have to go back and think about it a little bit more. But Pierre Engvall has been phenomenal. We'll talk about the article written, the uh, the athletic article in a moment between the two games. However, um, Pierre Engvall's seven-year deal got slighted. I am not worried about that deal in the slightest. Maybe the last two years, but at the moment, I'm very happy with Pierre Engvall playing like a $5 million player that we're paying $3 million. The thing about the Pierre Engvall deal also, of course, is by the time we're in year five or six of it, that's basically, it's not going to be a league minimum contract, but it's basically going to be a league minimum contract. Hopefully with the cap going up, $3 million is going to be nothing. He's a good player. Who cares? Yeah, 10 points in 18 games. That's, that's pretty good. Um, really kind, good. Kind of what we expected. I mean, we all talked about this all offseason. So we're not surprised uh, Shayna Goldman is. I'm a little bit. I, I don't want to say a little bit surprised. What's he on pace for right now? 65? Come on, math guy. I accidentally <laughs> opened up my timer. Let me see. I've um, been decent at randomly guessing. Like he's on, he's on pace for about 50 points at the moment. I mean, yeah, okay, that makes a little more sense because he has 10 million. and 18. Yeah, he's on pace for probably, like, yeah, 50. That's fine. Uh, math. That's Good a, player. That's a 55. So yeah. Be... Yeah, you say 55. If he hits over 60, that'd be nuts. It's not going to happen, more likely than not. If he hits 50, that's awesome as well. Very happy with him. And Brock Nelson, uh, once again, being the leader on this team on the ice. I'm not, not mad with Lee. Not mad with Horvat. Brock Nelson, though, the last two games, four points. We needed these guys to step up right now. Brock Nelson putting the team on his back. Yeah, Anders is the captain right now in C alone. It feels like we're off the ice. Horvat seems like he's taking a leadership role. And a lot of the times on the ice. But when you go to, like, kind of the game general, the best player on the ice going forward, it's it's got to be Brock at the moment. And he feels like, you know, the Islanders go as far as Brock Nelson goes. When he has a shooting lull, the team loses. When his shooting gets hot, the team wins. And that's not just because of percentages and shooting benders. That's because Brock Nelson's one of the best shooters in this league. And, uh, you know, people are finally starting to put some respect on his name. But he keeps taking a level higher. And that second line as a whole, even with Kyle Palmieri tonight against Ottawa, what a great line. And Sorokin needed this. I mean, there's been some stats going around lately. He's been really bad on the PK this year. Um, but good on at 5-on-5, five five, the best in the league at 5-on-5 five five by, I think, GSAA. And, you know, Ilya's, Ilya's still Ilya. It's just the PK in front of him has been terrible this year. We'll see. He needs to make a couple of the saves they was making last year. But I don't think the difference is as big as people were making it. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, it was a good win for Sorokin. I hope this helps him get his mojo back. And if he wins again tomorrow against the Flyers, oh, baby, we're cooking because Ilya could get on a hot streak here. Brock Nelson has 16 points now in 19 games. Best year of his career. Yeah. What did he have last year? 70 points? Did he? He had 75 last year. Wow, man. He's so good. That's crazy to think about. Really, really is. Th- that was like one of my hot takes beginning of the year that we're going to have multiple point-per-game players. Brock could probably get it. I don't know who else is going to get it. Maybe Barzal. Barzal's been fine. Or I want... Dobson's close. Dobson's not going to get 82 points. If he does, I am the yeah. happiest man in the world. <laughs> and also the richest, but it's another story. Um, Barzal, he's... 
insane goal tonight, don't get me wrong. I do want to see him take that next step once again. It felt like after he got home from playing in Western Canada, his game, he played like a he had a really bad game against the Flyers. And tonight he wasn't great, but he was good enough. Got a goal, so you really can't complain. Right? Yeah. No, exactly. And before we go into the Senators game tonight, as AJ kind of alluded to, we will take an intermission to talk about the Athletics article. <laughs> um, so, you know, as the one of the three here with the subscription to the Athletic, um, you do too as well. Yes. Only for James For, for Syria, um, you know, <laughs> listen to our other podcast, Calculus Back. If you're interested in soccer, uh, quick little plug there. But overall, you know, we follow, and I said this on our last Calcio podcast, some of their soccer coverage is top-notch. Their basketball coverage, top-notch. Baseball coverage, top-notch. But their NHL coverage is really rough sometimes outside of Arthur Staple, who does a pretty good job on the New York area hockey teams. However, you know, this article written by Shana Goldman of The Athletic um, was an article calling for the resignation slash firing of Lou Lamorello, Hall of Fame GM in this NHL. And, you know, if you ask any Islander fan or any rational Islander fan on their thoughts of the recent losing streak, their fingers go to Lane Lambert, much less so Lou Lamorello. There's a couple crazies out there who blame Lou, but from going into the season, most people thought this was a playoff roster. Um, you know, I thought it was a playoff roster. All three of us thought so. Everyone we talked to thinks pretty much this is a playoff roster. It's just about getting the breaks. And Lane Lambert seemed to be in a position where he was preventing the team from getting the breaks. So the article reads, um, you know, it, let me just read the headline for you guys real quick, or the tagline from the tweet of the article. Um, a mid-season transition of powers can lead to some chaos, but the Islanders need to do something as their playoff chances dwindle by the day. Lula Morello created this mess, and he's not the person to navigate them out of it. So is this a mess? That's that's kind of what the article gets to the whole art of. First off, they cite Dom Lecision's model, um, showing a 23% chance of playoffs for Junior. Your New York Islanders. Um, 23% chance. It's talked about in the article like it's an empirical number. It isn't. It's just a number a model generates. You know, we're in we're in November. The team was two points out of a playoff percent. 25% chance feels wicked low. I felt like it was more like 40, maybe 50. Um, being an Islanders fan, it felt more like 60, 70 because I still believe in the group, but that's fine. Um, and we're not quite in the playoff spot, so not out of the waters there. Maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe it's 25, 30%. I don't know. However, the article goes in and talks about the flaws of the Islanders. It starts off with a little bit of an in-depth blurb about the Islanders not taking a first-round pick in the past couple of years. If you want to look at the Islanders' first-round picks over the past couple of years, they can be described as Bo Horvat, Alexander Romanov, Kyle Palmieri, J.G. Pazza. And technically Travis Zajac. Yes. Tasty time. Yes, tasty time. Uh, but Zajac was thrown in there too. So, you know, of those guys, we've extended almost all of them besides Zajac. And, you know, if you want to count that as, those as draft picks, the 500, 400 plus games of service you're going to get from each of those players is pretty much better than the slot draft value of the pick you would have been making in the mid to late 20s. Um, the Romanov one is the most controversial and contentious of the bunch there. That conversation we'll have in a couple of years as we see what Frank Nazar turns into and Kirby Doc wind up being. But that's one thing. So what do you guys think about that premise that the drafting is what's killing the Islanders right now? The drafting isn't killing the Islanders. I know I'm not going to sit here and act like Maggio or Dufour are elite top prospects. They're good. They're very, very good picks for where we drafted them. But we've seen their flaws a little bit this year, at least for Dufour. He hasn't been doing that great, right, Jake? Well, he hasn't played at all in the past two weeks. 
I know he's had a personal issue, so hope everything's okay with him. Prayers up or whatever's going on. Hopefully it's not too bad on like what's going on in the NBA now with uh Josh Giddy. Sad, bad stuff. But um these guys aren't first round picks, but we're finding guys that are NHL players. It's Chicago with a second round pick. Danny Nelson's been pretty good, right? Yeah. If you're going to trade your first-round pick and you're getting a very good NHL talent and you're bringing back said very good NHL talent, who am I to complain? I don't think the Romanov trade is controversial at all. He's awesome. Put 30 minutes to it. Who else is doing that? The only thing that's going to suck maybe a little bit is if Frank Nazar becomes a Connor Bedard merchant, but who cares? I'm very happy with the piece we have right now. I have a Romanov jersey. I'm going to wear that tomorrow. So Let's go, Rami. And if you want to be a, a revisionist, excuse me, you can be like, oh, Ridley Griggs, a pretty good player for the Ottawa Senators right now. That's the stupidest thing you could say because J.G. Pajot was a key piece to the Islanders making two Eastern Conference Finals runs. So, hey, if you want to erase those runs and have Ridley Griggs, go ahead, but you're an idiot. Yeah, the team doesn't go far in the 2020 or 2021 playoffs without Pajot. And, you know, one of their biggest strengths is being five or six centers deep at this point, even if you count Angball as a center which you played a little bit of in Toronto, but they're five centers deep. If you ever have an injury down the middle, you know, you got to trust it. So the team's playing better, you know, with all the centers. That's the second main point of the article is the Pajot contract. Shana um, Goldman, the article or the author of this article, spends a pretty good amount of time, you know, talking about Pajot and the overpay of that. The thing to say about the Pajot contract, as it we would all agree at this table that it's it's an overpay, the Pacho contract got signed because it was March of 2020. We thought the salary cap was going to raise in the next couple of years, and it didn't. So he was an overpaid 3C. He still is kind of an overpaid 3C, but the very or the defensive value that Pacho has brought on the penalty kill at 5-on-5 <laughs> cannot be replaced, even if his shooting's been bad since he broke his hand in the playoffs a few years back. But, you know, for what Pacho meant to this team and was able to get them to do conference finals, you give that player $30 million. You give him a 5x5. Five five. I know the next couple years of that deal aren't looking the best, but it's all about finding him good complementary pieces as line mates. And, hey, right now it's finally clicking with Andres Lee and Oliver Wallstrom. But as we saw earlier in the season, if you put him with Simon Holmstrom out there, he still looks like a rock star. So um could pass it off if you guys want to talk about Pajot before getting into the final sin of the New York Islanders here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Pajot made, like, three and a half, four. There's not a single soul that's really complaining. It sucks. It's unfortunate. The guy's a warrior. He gave it his all. We'll see. I really want him to stay here. I want him to turn it around. But I understand the cap's going to be a big issue for us. Not in a bad way, but maybe we could use that cap to get a real, another big name in. So I get it. I would like Pajot to stay and be an Islander. Another guy we could add to our Islander for life pocket, even though he was a senator beforehand. But it'd be a nice guy to have around um, and just be like, oh, yeah, that guy was here for, like, 11 years. I want to have these guys here for a while. I don't want guys just to come and go. I know it's a business, but we do have the Islander family, and it is very nice. Like, you know, you have uh, Radek Martinik showing up to the game uh, Wednesday. You got Benoit Hogue, uh, and now you got Matt Molson and Thomas Hickey working with MSG. I also met Matt Molson, so I was cool. He signed my jersey. Um, Butch Goring, obviously. So it's very nice having the... Uh, Former Islanders players, you know, step in and still stay with the team. So I would really like that. Your boy Chuck and Seidenberg, too, working alongside Lou. Yeah, and Pacho, you know, there's a lot to say about him. We'll see how the next couple of years of the deal goes back. 
there was probably an opportunity to trade him last summer if there was anything. And that might have been a move that the team would have made at the time. Um, it is a negative value contract at the moment. But, hey, if you can elevate those guy, that guy with some good line mates over the next couple of years, that's fine. But now to get to the final sin of Lou Lamorello, which is the most egregious. Not by Lou, but by the writers. So this, this one kills me. <laughs> so he got slaughtered here um, for running back the same roster because Lou Lamorello made no transactions to begin the season. Um, and in the summer, no major shakeups to the Islanders roster, which one, you're just romanticizing free agency at that point. Most free agents fail in the NHL. The majority of free agents do not improve their teams unless there's a short burst at the beginning, but over the long term, they do not work out. So that's fine. If you want to talk about the theory of free agency. However, the Islanders did make two big acquisitions and did sign them to be big contracts, be a non-free agency. They gave up a first round pick, Anthony Beauvillier and Aturatu for Bo Horvat and signed him for the next eight years. So that was a big roster addition. It was just made in January, so it wasn't as sexy. And maybe that was what Lou meant to do when he made the trade, that it was a splash in the pond over All-Star Weekend that everyone forgot about after that. But the Islanders were the bell of the ball for a few days as Horvat was traded for and then signed that big deal. So that's Horvat's big ticket. And then Pierre Engvall, he was extended for seven more years, um, you know, a third rounder from Toronto. And then Shane's final two points in the article were, one, Pierre or Lou Lamorello does not find underrated players in the NHL. And then the other point was he signs too many guys for long-term with big no-trade clauses um, and a little bit too much money. So the first point, you'd argue, Hudson Fashing, Pierre Engvall, these guys were undervalued in other markets. Simon Holmstrom was supposed to be a late draft pick. Um, even guys, you know, he's been able to find like Alexander Romanov that have been able to elevate their value for New York. Um, Semyon Varlamov as well. And then the other point would be the guys given no trade clauses and long contracts. Uh, that's because they're good. That That's just because they're good. You know, be it Adam Pellick, be it Ilya Sorokin, be it Matt Barzal, be it Bo Horvat, be it Ryan Pulak, Pierre Engvall. There's one more if AJ can get it. I don't know who the other one is. but Pellick? Yeah, Pellick. Pellick has the long deal. So those are the long deals. Um, you know, I don't I don't fall in, find a fault. I like Lou's roster building philosophy. It's not the same as a lot of other GMs in the league. Um, but we're building. We'll see where it goes. Um, but, you know, acting like this guy hasn't changed the roster since Garth is kind of an understatement. When the only real key pieces that were big pieces under Garth Snow were Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. And the fourth line. Yeah. Um, the only contract that's been bad that um, Lou signed. I'm not even going to say Leo Komarov was a bad deal because he was a good player. We all liked Leo. He did his job well. He was a pest in the playoffs. So I know it wasn't great value-wise, but he was a good player. If you want to bitch about one contract, sure, bitch about the league contract. He's still the captain of the team. He's put up numbers year after year when he's not injured, and he was only injured one year, so. He he put up 28 goals last year. It's not that it's not the end of the world. It sucks we had to give him so much money, but he deserved it for those years, and we all knew this was going to happen, unfortunately. But... I'm not going to really blame Lou for that. You can't let Lee, you couldn't let Lee walk, and who are you going to bring in to replace him? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not replacing Anders Lee, and at the time that would have been another massive loss to the locker room, to the community, and on ice. Who are they going to get to replace him? They tried getting Panarin, that didn't work out. Lee was going to say either way. It sucks because Lee would have had been on a lot nicer of a deal, maybe done a Kevin LeBanc type thing and, you know, take a shorter deal now and we'll pay you long term down the road. Didn't happen. We paid him. It's fine. He's not a $7 million player. We seem to be a $4 million, $4.5 million player, and right now he's playing like that. So 
Hopefully we can keep it up because we're all rooting for him here. Even if we do crap on him a lot, we want to see him win because the more that the more the better he's playing, the better the Islanders are going to be doing more likely than not. Yeah, and we're all happy with Bo Horvat. We're all happy with the moves the team's made recently. Um, the past year of Lou Lamorello, I give him a B. What would you guys give him a letter grade? Past year, I give B plus. B plus is probably the right grade. Plus. Yeah, I B think plus. He did good on both trains. I. Give him an A plus. I would. I wouldn't give him an A plus. I'd give him an A minus. You locked up your franchise goaltender. You locked up guys who we were scared could one day leave the island, like John Tavares. He changed the culture. I'd give him an A, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he. We were scared about Sorokin leaving. We were scared about Barzal leaving. We're like, oh, maybe Horvat might not stay for the two days. No, everyone's staying. Everyone's signing. You're, they're giving him a lot of money, but they're good players. Maybe Barzal is like a million dollars overpaid. Oh man, if he's gonna put up seventy-five points, you could live with it. Bo Horvat's been incredible. Everyone was a little bit worried about Horvat going into the year. Don't I don't think anyone's worried anymore. No. He's been one of the best players each and every night, showing you what he was doing in Vancouver. And I don't care how good they are without him. I don't care. We have Bo Horvat. I'm very happy with them. They can do whatever they want. They're in the Western Conference. We'll see you down the road. Yeah, no, absolutely there, AJ. Jake, what would you give Lou on the past year? You said B+. Plus. I think it's a B+. Plus, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always more you can do, but, um, you know, the the media a lot of the time is going to fault us for not having a team like the Sabres that is very young and going to be good one day, we promise, but, you know, they never take that next step. Or Detroit, where the GM is uh, their former favorite player when they were a teenager. Or uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, where their GM is a guy that bought them all drinks at the draft one year. Uh, Lou's an old-school hard-ass, and uh, he has my respect for changing the culture, like AJ said a minute ago. But, you know, that that's the interlude. A lot of people were angry at the, the article by The Athletic. A lot of people kind of just, you know, bent over a barrel and said, yes, no, so true. Um, we got to get Lou out of here. He's, he's evil. He's ruining our franchise. Our franchise has been so much worse. He's given us five of the best years of our lives. Um, I don't really, I'm not too worried about what the league looks like in, or what the team looks like in five years. Because you can always trade guys. You can always work your way out of it. A lot of people overvalue, like, you know, flexibility or undervalue flexibility. If the Islanders needed to get out of a bad team tomorrow, unlike a team in Edmonton, they'd be able to make the trades to make that happen. So, you know, that's that's just where the Islanders are at. But without further ado, Jake, do you want to walk us through the Ottawa game? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, on the road in Ottawa today, 7.30 p.m. start. Um, do they always start at 7.30 or is it? I don't no, know. I think they staggered today. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Goal matchup Semyon Varlama versus Anton Forsberg. Um, um, what's his name? Corbisawa got hurt. So Forsberg was playing in this one. Ten minutes in on the power play, Drake Batherson scored his fifth goal of the year, assisted by Brady Tachuk and Josh Norris. Um, he was a little bit open in the slot on the power play, so that makes a little bit of sense of why that happened. Three minutes later, uh, Nelson got the puck on net, and Palmieri was there for the rebound for his fifth of the year. Hadn't scored in a long time, so it was good for him to get that. Um, obviously, his fifth assisted by Brock Nelson and Alex Romanov. Shots that period were 12-10 Islanders. Second period, six minutes in, Oliver Walsham got his second, assisted by Alex Romanov and Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Two minutes later in the power play, really nice shot, like we said, by Matt Barzell for his fifth of the year. Assisted by Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri. And six seconds later, a really nice feed from Oliver Walsham to Anders Lee for his fourth of the year in his second straight game. Now he assisted by Oliver Walsham. So we're up 4-1. Uh, 
Um, I obviously didn't mention this, but everyone pretty much knows at this point Sebastian Ajo and Adam Pollock were hurt pretty early. So it was four defensemen for the rest of the game. Um, middle later, Tim Stutzel with his fifth of the year, assisted by Matthew Joseph. And then I believe like 40 seconds later, Drake Bathsett got a second of the game and sixth of the year. Miscommunication by the defensemen. That was assisted by Tim Stutzel and Matthew Joseph. Shots that period were 11 9 Ottawa. Five minutes in, Simon Holmstrom uh, with his fifth of the year, assisted by Noah Dobson and Scott Mayfield. Five goals, no assists for Simon Holmstrom. And that was it, 5-3. Senators pulled their goalie with two and a half minutes left, but nothing very crazy happened. Varro made some really key saves. Mayfield had a really good last minute of the game. Shots of that period were 10-5 Ottawa. Honors were 1-for-1 one one on the power place. The Senators were 1-for-3. The Honors won the faceoff battle. Two points for Oliver Walsh from his first multi-point game since December 16th of last season. Obviously, he was hurt last year, but... First multi-point game in a long time. Obviously, his first of the season. Kyle Pomeri with two points. Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, Simon Holmstrom, one point. And Alex Romanov, Brock Nelson, two assists. And Jean-Gabriel Paggio got a sixth assist of the season. Um, and Scott Mayfield, Noah Dobson as well. I forgot to add that. But, again, two points and a pretty good win. A gutsy win, like we said. They got the business done. Uh, very happy. I am concerned about tomorrow. It's yeah. going to be rough. Uh who do we think they're going to call up? They could also get Mike Riley on waivers. Yeah, we, we, can get it, we can get into that. Uh, it's either it's probably me lefty, so it's either going to be Cholo or Salo. Real fun, real, real fun stuff here. My money's on Cholo. I think it's going to be Cholo tomorrow. I'd be pleasantly surprised if it's Salo or a waiver claim, but I think it's going to be Bolduke on the second pair with Pulak, which maybe that's why he needs. Maybe Mayfield was too unsteady for him. But then Cholo Mayfield... That's going to be a fun time. That's going to be pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> same with Salo. Salo Mayfield might have some familiarity. I might even think about running that for a little bit, but it's interesting. We'll see what they do. Um, you know, really gutsy performance. Like, I just want to shout him out. Noah Dobbs, an incredible performance. Scott Mayfield, an incredible performance. Uh, Alexander Romanov, Ryan Pulak, each one of them was able to put in an all-timer tonight, and I was really happy with it. Offense was buzzing, another legal. Wallstrom really had a great game, one of the better games of his young NHL career. Um, I kill him a lot, but he's been really good the last two games, so props to Wally, maybe he's turning a corner. Uh, wouldn't bet on it. He did hurt his shoulder in the second uh, or the third period. But we'll see. Barzal with an absolute beauty of a goal, and you know the perfection line coming up big with Palms getting one. Uh, you feel good. You have to feel good about this team. They're really showing you what they've got and what they're made of, and where they can go if they can reach these heights every night. Is Lane Lambert the guy to take them here every night? Well, we don't know about that yet. However, pretty exciting times for the New York Islanders, and I was really happy with the win tonight. So currently the left defenseman for Bridgeport this year has been Dennis Cholowski, Seth Helgeson, and uh, Travis Mitchell. Sal can play it, but he's been on the right this year. Um, I don't know if Ledoux plays the right side, but I'd like him to come up. Um, maybe you play bold. Because you can play Boldick on the left. So you can call up Sal Hutton or Ledoux. I think Ledoux could be defensively responsible enough. Aho could be okay, but the fact that there's no update right now is Islander Dictionary for not okay. Um, this is very weird. Why, why was Itu Lucas playing first line events and Matt Marger playing fourth? That, that's just... Kowalski, Rick Kowalski. The Kowalski status report brought to you by Prime Jakey. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a bummer. It's it's really no good down there. Um, 
you know, Bridgeport's decided to play a very young roster this season. And sometimes, you know, maybe by the end of the year, it'll turn a corner and work. But at the moment, it's really not working. And the coach is a, a grown man getting very frustrated with children and punishing them. So <laughs> it's uh, it's frustrating. Say, say, different year, same very These are very funny lines. I got to read them out. Yeah, read them out. E2 Lucas, Tanner Fritz, Carson Coleman. Ugh. Which is funny because Carson Coleman was playing fourth line the night before. Mm-hmm. Kyle McLean, Shane Penho, uh, Ruslan Nishikov. So at least he's playing top six minutes, which he should. They're, he's their best player. Uh, Sam Aslan has had a very good year. Otto Koiva, Arno Durando, and Colbarger, Jeff Kubiak, and Matt Maggio. The pairs of Chalowski would do. Um, Helgerson Hutton, Mitchell Sallow. Scratches were due for Newkirk, Kate, Savini, and Folk. I do think Chalowski will, will get the call up just because he's been putting up points for Bridgeport. That's just not what they need. We've seen Dennis Chalowski at the NHL level. It's not what they need. I don't know what they do. I said this before. It's like a mystery you don't want to solve, but... We will see tomorrow uh, what they do. Um, you could see Grant Hutton. You hope Bo Duke has a good game because you're going to have to play him some minutes. These guys are going to be tired. So going to be interesting, but, you know, obviously wish it didn't happen. Yeah, Pellick's a defensive defenseman. Bo Duke, or I mean Ajo's an offensive <laughs> defenseman. Bo Duke is, uh, Bo Duke is uh, barely an something. NHL defenseman. Uh, Bolduke's kind of a jerk out there. Uh, Chalowski is profiles as an offensive defenseman, I guess. It's really non-inspiring. Yeah. You know, if we wanted defensive defenseman, we're best off with Ledoux or Hudden playing like 10 minutes. But I don't trust either of those guys. AJ, what's your final call here? I think I will make the executive decision, and we bring back Radic Martinic. Let's get radical. <laughs> Brian Strait, baby. I don't know. Well, like, no, he not, was in Florida today scouting, fun fact. Who's he scout for? I guess Winnipeg. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, friend of the podcast, Colby, told me he saw him in the press box. <laughs> I think I could say that. That rules. So. Yeah, you could say that. Um, yeah, but I guess that's it for the two games. You know, very inspired effort by the New York Islanders. And, uh, you know, let's get right back to where we start from. We're starting to get right this year, so I'm excited about that. Uh, one final tidbit, unless we have anything else. Um, Elliot Friedman threw out this morning. Patrick Kane, um, Sweetsake is is still alive. We go into November twenty fourth, going into the twenty fifth as we record this. Um, six days left for, left for him to pick a team, and Elliot is so desperate to pick a team that he floated the New York Islanders as a destination for Patrick Kane. Um, it might be, you know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm his biggest hater. I don't like Patrick Kane. For off-the-ice stuff. On the ice, he might be what the Islanders need as a PP specialist. Uh, not not that kind of PP, a power play specialist. <laughs> However, um, yeah, no, it's like he, he does fit the role the Islanders might need. Um, but the power play is turning itself around on its own. I don't think we need his negative impact after he kind of, you know, was a part of butchering the Rangers here last year. Um, I'm not sold on the idea. I don't think Elliot really was sold on it either. He just was throwing shit at the fan. But uh, I'd be curious to see what you would think if Lou made this move. Patrick Kane. It would suck. Uh, no, Patrick Kane's a really good hockey player. Still? <clears throat> he put up 92 points two years ago. Just bring Zach back. Patrick Kane's a lot better than Zach. Crazy. They're not getting Patrick Kane. I, I... We're not getting Patrick Kane. I don't want Patrick Kane. He's a scumbag. What he did was really bad. And now apparently there's a second um, essay rumor. Allegedly with the Blackhawks organization. Shocker. So, I mean, that's two now. That's They'll get the first pick again, too. Yeah, they'll get uh, Celebrini. But 
I, I don't want him there. I don't think he should be a New York Islander. Don't know if he should be in the league. So I guess this is a week left in Zach watch, too. Yeah, a week left in Zach watch. That's gone completely silent. If you want to see Islanders, Zach watch is in on Islanders because we found out he was skating. Um, you know, I, I think right now you probably don't want to put him in the lineup unless it's for ha- Fashing or for um, for Wallstrom, but Fashing's been really good on the fourth line and we have him for two more years. Um, Zach's impact is missed sometimes with Pacho, but, you know, I, I think some nights I'd rather see him there than Andres Lee. I don't think that's too hot of a take. <laughs> but you're paying Andres Lee so much money for so many more years, you can't really do that. Um, you know, I really hope Zach can come back to the team in some capacity, but... If this is if he doesn't sign on December first, I think Zach Parise is retired from the National Hockey League. Why is the date we're talking about December first? I thought they didn't have to. I thought December first was only for RFA's. Ian said, uh, "December first is for players that want to play on a playoff team." Okay. So to play in the playoffs, you have to be signed by December first. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't think we get Patrick Kane. If we do get it. There's gonna have there definitely will be discussions people will have so we'll have to be some cap cleared too. Cap will have to be cleared. He's a good player. I just the off the ice shit doesn't really fly with a lot of people and rightfully so. You think they put Martin on LTIR? I saw that being uh, he's out. disappeared. I mean Matt Martin hasn't been here the past two games and he hasn't really even been he didn't travel with the team to Ottawa. He's skating on his own. He's skating on his own. So this might be it for Matty Martz. We'll see. Maybe it's a real injury. Maybe it's not. Who knows. I, I'm not going to overthink it. We just keep moving forward. The fourth line looks really good with Fashing, Sezekis, and Clutterbug. Just hope Martin's healthy and able to move past this. But, um, you know, if the horse is out of the barn, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I don't think this is it for Matt Martz, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I, mean, I didn't think he was hurt, and then it was just kind of announced before. I forget which game, but. I yeah, Gautier was sick. I thought, fa- I mean, Fashing's been incredible. Um, since he's been put back, so hopefully that stays. Yeah, I think the fourth line should stay. I definitely don't think Matt Martin's gonna be on LTIR. If it, <laughs> if it is, wouldn't wouldn't mind it. I guess I don't want to see the guy hurt. Obviously, but I'll take the cap. You can get cap pretty easily though if you do sign Kane or Parisi, which won't happen for either, in my opinion. You could just send down Gautier or put him on waivers. I guess someone probably <laughs> someone's probably gonna claim to be Gautier. He's one of those guys. Like a Ryan Donato that if he's out there, someone will take a stab at him. And then he'll be put back on waivers of the month. Yep. <laughs> oh, since Zarnik. Yep, yeah, Zarnik. No, yeah, Zarnik. Uh, it, it happens. Or maybe you find a suit a fit for Wallstrom if you can ride his hot wave and trade him for, you know, maybe a a, top, a day two pick or something. Um, not to say we should trade Wallstrom, but, you know, maybe we should. Uh, I don't know. But, with the, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for Islanders talk. Um, you know getting a little late on our end so we'll go around the league next episode any final kind of discussion points before we wrap here uh the islanders the islanders we love them folks don't we uh we'll probably be back at some point next week you know in the next couple of games islanders are playing philly tomorrow on very short rest they're gonna be tired we'll see how they do philly's also on short rest philly's also on short rest but the islanders has played down two defensemen they all topped either 27 minutes on the back end they're going to be tired. Philly's also going to be tired, so it's going to be a brutal game tomorrow. Excited to watch that. Um, and then, yeah, what else is there? Then it's the Devils, the Hurricanes. We'll probably record after the Devils. We'll probably record after the Devils, and then probably the and then it goes the Hurricanes, Hurricanes and the Panthers. Panthers. Yep. So next four, how many points do we get? I'm going at five points five. from the next four. Yeah. I'll go 
Uh, I'm gonna be a little more lenient. I'll go four of it. I think they scrap out one tomorrow. I think they beat the Devils. I think they lose the Hurricanes. I think they beat the Panthers. They they owe Carolina a good game. Yeah, we owe Carolina a good game because the they they gave up eight goals tonight. They're stinking. Uh, we really gotta beat Carolina in that game, but that's gonna be an episode later. Uh, but you know, we bid you guys adieu. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can follow AJ on Twitter at Devito Hockey. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jake. You can follow myself on Twitter at Rat Martin. Uh, Rat Martin. Um, you can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. Uh, you can follow our other social media there. Thanks for following along with us this season. We know this is a weekend episode. We really appreciate the overwhelming support. We love you guys at home, and thanks for always listening. Uh, give us five stars if you're able to. On uh, you know your given podcast platform, really appreciate the support this season. Giveaway coming soon. We'll break that down more on the Twitter, so keep an eye out for that. But I really appreciate you guys and hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you guys, and we hope you're a part of your life. Also, a uh, big, 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 biggest giveaway tomorrow for our podcast. We're giving away a signed Dennis Potvin New York Islanders jersey. Not a team official jersey. It's one of the jerseys they sign where the names correct on the back but the front has like new york written out it's a little bit weird but they do it for um licenses excuse me licensing purposes so look at that tomorrow all you gotta do is follow the podcast account and retweet it so the biggest podcast in the biggest giveaway in podcast history it's late i'm going to bed but we're excited peace peace Peace. let's go